All right, Evan, the, the first question is somewhat boring, but it, it ends up opening up such a great uh, discussion. And that is, how do you fall into franchising? Uh, no, no, no child ever said they want to be in franchising when they're older, but how, how, how did you fall in? What's your franchise story? Yeah, I, you know, it, uh, it starts with donuts. Uh, we, we started a donut, a mini donut company in 2012. Uh, that was after a, a fairly long 12 year career in finance that I just wasn't, I wasn't really enjoying it all that much. And uh, in 2008, when the, uh, you know, the, the financial crisis happened, I, I was uh, sort of at a crossroads and decided, um, you know, to, to zig instead of zag. And uh, I, I hopped into, you know, the donut business. Um, it took a while for us to sort of put that concept together and to actually land on that concept. But once we did, we sort of hit the ground running. And um, in 2012, we opened our first mini donut shop in the Chelsea market in New York City. And it was it was fairly, you know, it, it, it was well received. Um, and because we're in the Chelsea market, we see quite a lot of foot traffic with international tourists that come to New York City, business people, etc., and we just started getting organically getting, you know, inquiries. Uh, we didn't really set out to be a franchise business, but we quickly soon that, hey, there's something to this. And our model was such that, you know, it was it was scalable. It was replicatable. It was it's inexpensive for people to um, to, to get into and to operate with a fairly lean team in a small footprint. So it, it, it checks a lot of boxes for people. And you know, it was sort of unintentional, but after a few years of being in business and opening our own stores around New York City, uh, we started to develop a little bit of a list of people who were interested in doing franchising. So we started to explore it. We started to look into it. We very slowly, you know, started to put together training materials and an FDD and uh, things that we knew we were going to need. And, um, and, and, you know, we turned back to that list of people we developed and said, Hey, we're, we're ready to do this. Is anyone interested or still interested? And uh, a few people jumped on board with us. All right. So, so much to unpack. So you're in, <laughs> finance, you're in finance. Yeah. Like, did you have an, like, were you the guy that brought a donut and coffee every day? Like what, what was the affinity for donuts? Like how do you even decide on donuts when you're in finance? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, one, one one person said, "Well, you went you went from dealing with one kind of dough to dealing with another <laughs> kind of dough," and uh, I like that analogy for sure. But it definitely that's not really accurate. Um, you know, I always had a sweet tooth, and growing up in the Northeast, I would go apple picking as a kid with my my family, and I had fond memories of apple cider donuts and apple hot apple cider, and so there was a little bit of that uh, in thinking about well, what you know. What kind of experience can I create for people in a, in a retail environment? My brother's a chef and we grew up around food. And then, you know, my, my sort of the icing on the donut is my wife uh, and her family. My wife's family was in the bakery business. Hmm. So there, were, there was like a perfect storm of things pointing to let's open up a food business. Let's do desserts and sweets. And uh, donuts were really starting to become uh, a trendy item 
but they were also something that's always been a part of American sort of culture. And, and also every version, every culture has a version of like a fried dough or donut. So it's really like versatile, diverse, wide appealing product. So it, it made a lot of sense for us. Did you start it with your brother and your wife then? I didn't start it, uh, although today I'm, I'm in it with them. Um, I started it on my own. Everyone else had sort of their own gigs going on. And I, uh, I opened the first store and developed uh, I, I, my brother. Uh, everyone was supportive and everyone helped me along the way. And if I needed help with whether it be menu or recipe development or operations, uh, and certainly my wife has always been in the background. But now today, it's a true family business. My brother is one of my partners and he's my operations manager. Uh, my wife is, is there. She works on franchising and HR with us. My brother does a lot of training in terms of franchise development. So, you know, it is truly a family business now. Yes. If you go back to that moment, so, so obviously a, a big shift, you're, you're going from, from finance to, to owning a restaurant, which both carries tremendous risk on both sides and, and probably pressure and stress. So that, that was probably similar. You, you didn't have to readjust like your stress meter because you're going to be in the food business from being in finance. So the pressures are the same, but when you, when you make this decision and you go into this business, what was your dream on day one? Like what, what are, are you, are you dreaming of being the next Dunkin' Donuts? Are you like, is there a dream that's fairly large at that point? You know, you know, I mean, at the time I had just had, uh, we just had my first child and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mentioned the financial crisis was, was 2008 and I started this business in 2012. So there was a fairly wide gap of, of some time, uh, right. where I was, I did some consulting and I was kicking around with some other business opportunities that I had going, but I, I was really getting to the point where, this was, uh, I needed something to work uh, for me and for my family. Uh, I always wanted to be a business owner, an entrepreneur. And this sort of was like, if I don't do it now at this stage, I'm, it's never going to happen. I'm going to have to go back to work, get a job yeah. and do what I used to do. So there was a little bit of desperation there, um, which definitely helps, you know, uh, when you don't have a plan B, um, you, you, you pretty much have to make plan A work. And I willed it to work. So um, that's how we did it initially. Um, you know, we had a lot of great help and, and opening a food business in the Chelsea market, which is an iconic place doesn't hurt. Um, so that, that helps. If you could go back and say, Evan of that, of that age, that experience, that year and shake that version of Evan, what would you say in backcasting? What would you say, do, do this differently and you'll have a different pathway? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it took a bunch of years bef- from when we opened to when we really started franchising again, cause I didn't really intend on opening a franchise business. Uh, you know, knowing now what goes into opening a franchise operation, which is very different than just owning a donut shop. Um, I, I might've from the get go documented things initially, you know, taken some of our systems and, and, uh, and, and even implemented them for our, so we did a lot of trial and error. We did a lot of things. Uh, I wasn't necessarily a food guy or a restaurant guy. I didn't grow up in the food business. So um, I, I, I might've um, brought my brother on a little sooner. He's, he's a tremendous asset now to us. Um, and, and I, I would have maybe started franchising sooner and earlier because I see uh, how 
good a, a, a sort of a growth model it can be if it's done right. You know, we're sort of playing catch up now. And, um, you know, I think we've got it down now. I mean, the pandemic was certainly a, uh, you know, a uh, eye opening experience for us and made us stronger and, you know, ultimately made us stronger. But it, it did set us back a little bit. But if we were franchising prior to that a little bit earlier, we might have had more traction. What about is a very similar question on the franchise front? You go back to day one, you've made the decision that you're going to invest in franchising, which which is still a costly investment. No, no matter how you look at it, it's going to be costly, not only just to build the foundation, but then to to scale it. If you go back into in time and say at the point of franchising, I wish I knew this, whether that's expectations, whether that's cost of how much capital it takes to actually grow a franchise. Is there anything that stands out that if you could go backwards and say, this is something that I wish I knew about franchising then or about the industry or just anything about franchising, you would you would advise a previous version of yourself that would obviously help anybody else that's thinking about franchising their business? Sure. Uh, you know, when you start your own business um, and you're doing it on a shoestring budget uh, and, and, you know, you count every dollar, I, I was uh, I squeezed the nickel until the buffalo you know, cried. That's sort of an expression that I, I was probably a little too frugal. Um, I still probably am. I'm, I'm frugal to a fault. I, I also attribute that to why we're, you know, still in business through the pandemic or why we, you know, are profitable to the extent that we are. So I, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but I think spending a little more or investing a little more, um, or just working less in my business and more on my business would be, is what I try to do every day now. I have to remind myself, let, let me see who can we hire that can do a better job than I could do. I, I'm a jack of all trades, do it yourselfer. And I know I could post things on social media, but I'm not the greatest at doing that. And so how, who can we pay uh, to, to free up my time so I can do more big picture stuff? And I like, you know, the more, more years go by, the more I see that that is really uh, beneficial. Because when I do let go, of certain tasks and I, I get someone else to do them. And, you know, yes, you may have to pay that person, but they typically do a better job than I do because that's their field. And um, then it frees me up to do other things like grow. I mean, we just, we just opened our first international location in Chile, Santiago, Chile. Never would have happened, you know, had I been in the weeds of running my business and not overseeing and trying to grow the franchise. So, um, you know, it, I see the value of stepping back and, you know, just sort of managing as opposed to working. Yeah, that's fair. If you go back to start a franchising, what, what was your dream there? I mean, did you, did you expect it to go faster than it has? Um, I, because we, we developed this small, I, I was very naive when we started and, you know, we had 250 or to 300 inquiries. And I thought that was all the people in the world. I thought, wow, this is a, this is an amazing list. I'm going to open, I can open up 30, 40 franchises from this list. And, you know, that's not how it works. Um, as, as most people in the industry know, or they quickly find out. And, uh, so it, it, it was a lot harder. It is a lot harder, um, and, and you have to invest a lot more money and time uh, and than I anticipated. Um, but it's worth it because when you do get, um, you know, those those deals done and those stores open, it's very rewarding and, and it can be, it leads to other things. Of your current locations, how many of those are franchised? 
So we only have, we have two locations that are franchised now and we have three company owned stores. So five locations. And then there's like, you know, two or three sort of pop-up roving company owned locations. Like we open up in parks during, you know, in winter villages, et cetera, during the holidays. So five, five locations, two of them are franchised. What's your dream for the next year? You know, I'm very realistic. I, I put, I, I don't have delusions of grandeur. You know, we're going to open 10, 20, 30, um, anytime soon. Uh, you know, I'd be happy with two or three this year. Um, you know, we have some development deals in place that are going to help accelerate some of our growth. And I'm excited to support those guys through that. Um, in the f- next year, if, if we can open a handful of stores, both between company owned and franchises, I'd be very pleased. Um, are you making an earnings claim in item 19? Uh, we, we just put in our gross sales and also our food costs because they are extremely okay. low. Yeah, our cost of good uh, is, a, is, a, is a highlight of our brand where we okay. have a very nice cost of goods. And then so the cost to get in and how much you can make is what? Yeah, um, you know, cost to get in. You can open a donutery for under two hundred thousand dollars. Um, so your ROI should be, you know, fairly quick, fairly aggressive. Um, and with if you manage the business well, and and our systems are such that you should be able to. It's it's uh, small footprint, small labor model, great cost of goods. Um, it's, it's a nice little business and it's fairly scalable. You can have a few in your area, very manageable. And what are you putting as gross sales? Uh, AUV is about 500,000 a unit and that's a dessert concept. Remember it's, um, you know, we have, we have, uh, done fairly well in, in the New York market. Uh, and uh, you know, that we're, we're, and even in our international partners, uh, showing it's in, still very early, but they're showing great numbers. Um, and we're really excited about the future. Well, and, and part of the reason I'm asking this is, is when I'm looking at your footprint, which I'll, I'll switch over to some of how I, I would advise you uh, as I'm looking at the business. Sure. One, when, I, when I'm hearing your story, donuts are a part of it, but it's, it's family. And you talk about when you were a kid and going to an event and the apple cider and, and the donuts. And the reality is if any human being that you say the word donut and talk about a memory, it's, it's very rare that I'm sitting by myself having a donut and having an enjoyable time. Like it's it's something that 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 reminds you of a family gathering or something something that brings you back to a moment. And so I'm listening to talk to you talk about that. I I hear you talk about family, which which I'm going to sidestep here. Uh, last year we started profiling every franchise owner that we work with uh, at our business. We're at, we're at about a thousand now that we've, we've profiled and there's only one reason why they get into franchising and it's, it has to do with family. It could be, I want to build legacy. Um, I want to build something for my children. I want to build wealth. I want to build wealth for my family. I want more time with my family. And so I listen to what your story is and I go onto your site and I see a picture, but you have a guy by himself behind, behind the counter. And I'm like, Evan, you, you have it like you, your brother, your wife saying we've invested our life savings into a business. We, we all had, we had good careers, but we took a risk to get into this now to the buyer, they're buying from you. And now if we get into the widget, the reality is when you start hitting the widget, it's 
it's hard to eat a donut without smiling. And then you get into the unit level economics, which I say, like, um, let's say majority of burger brands cost $600,000 to get into. Majority of burger brands are about somewhere in the $900,000 AUV. Three of yours at the same investment level is going to do 1.5 million. And the economies of scale that can come out of that is tremendous because of the way that you've engineered the business. And so when I'm, if I zoom out and I'm looking at how do you define your why you, why now, which is always the first thing that I look at when I go to a website is what is the story of the brand? I'm like, you have it, but you're keeping it off to the side as, as like the best kept secret because there's so much, there's so much juice here that then, and I, I think this is, this is shame on the franchise industry as a whole. Uh, there are plenty of suppliers, consultants, whoever who are willing to take the money of a franchisor and say, tactically, let's go do X. Very few say, we'll pump the brakes for a second. Let's extract what this positioning is. Then we can do all the tactics. All the tactics in the world will work then. But when you drive eyeballs to something here, this is a hot, fresh franchise opportunity. It's not giving me the juice that you have. And when you just told me your story, I feel like it's it's much more magical than you're taking credit for. Now I'm off my soapbox. No, no, I, I appreciate it. And I don't disagree. Um, we've been trying a goal of ours this year is to put uh, myself, my brother, uh, you know, the, the human aspect in front, front and center, um, whether that's through social media or, or through, as you're pointing out, our website, which we, we do need to, you know, spruce up a little bit. Um, but I, I agree because I think we do some really fun, exciting things uh, that, maybe people don't even know about and uh it's just about promoting that side of the business so thank you for you know reinforcing that for sure yeah the the last thing i'll say um which you know i would imagine say a crumble cookies i bet you the the investment is very similar to what i would just say in around 600 Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden when you take three of yours one that's a protection of investment because for whatever, let, let's say shit hits the fan and one location has to close, you still haven't shut down your entire business versus a $600,000 investment. Shit hits the fan. You're, you're pretty stuck. Yeah. Um, and so you take crumble, which all they've done is taken cookies and loaded cream on the top of them. If we're being honest um, and cookies have been a celebrity backed thing forever. Meaning it's, it's so the cookie is the celebrity. I mean, people love cookies. It's hard not to eat a cookie and not smile. Sure. And so you look at the category of people that are starting to look at what occupies this space. I think you fit you fit it nicely. So um, I think probably when you're backcasting, you're looking at things that you could have done differently. But I, I bet you all those foundational elements could could you know ter- turn it up a little bit, and you can you could have a great story. So thank you. Um, yeah, so let's let's spin it to let's let's close on this. There's a human being, a candidate that has watched this. Uh, they're intrigued by our conversation. What else do you want the ghost candidate to know about the franchise opportunity to help push them over the edge and go ahead and kick, click that contact button and, and reach out? Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, um, one of the unique fat things of Donuttery. I mean, we're we're selling the fun of mini donuts, which is a little bit of a tagline, not selling, but we're sharing the fun of mini donuts. Um, not only do we do it in the sort of the four walls, so to speak, of our stores, which 
really aren't four walls because we do have a, a nice kiosk model and it's very sort of um, compact and scalable. But we we benefit a lot from multiple revenue streams. So, you know, and I think COVID has highlighted the the, the power of delivery, the power of catering, on-site catering, off-site catering. Uh, we do a ton of events, festivals. These are these are incrementally additional revenue streams. You can do very well with just managing your store, but the it doesn't have to stop there. And and if you're an entrepreneurial operator and you have connections from a previous life, job, etc., uh, you can you can really sell catering, corporate gifting. You can do events, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, sweet sixteens, etc. And, and add nicely, very profitable revenue streams. Um, it's what we do. And a lot of landlords are looking for, you know, unique niche type things, experiences, you know, people are going to the mall, but they're sort of bored with like eyebrow threading and massage chairs in the middle of the mall. Um, we add what we call retailtainment to the mix, uh, because we're making hot, fresh donuts at each one of our locations. It's not a hard process to learn. You don't have to be a pastry chef. We can train you on that. It's a very, we have 35 flavors. The, the donut is the same. It's a vanilla cake donut. We sugar the donuts separately. We flavor them with our proprietary sugars. And we create lots of options for people with a very streamlined product. So it's very user-friendly, very scalable and affordable, very profitable. And there's a lot of ways you can go with it. It's good for a truck. It's good for a kiosk. It's good for a concession, um, even an inline store model, which is a little bit more expensive, obviously, but not not a lot. There's not a lot of equipment here. There's not a lot of a build out. So, um, you know, I think we check a lot of boxes for someone who might want to, you know, who's always dreamed of having a food business, but really uh, maybe was a little intimidated. Have the airports called at all? We've talked to a few um, and, you know, airports are a a tough a challenge because you know you have certain groups that are you know and we've we're, we're speaking to one now in particular and you know they they go you usually go in and we'll take a terminal and then fill it out with either their own concepts or you know some of the brands that they they you know it's just a matter of time i think we're we're ripe for airports stadiums transit hubs uh non-traditional retail locations what i say is is ideal for us food halls are very popular and, and yeah. great opportunities for us I, I see it. I mean, I see the pathway. Uh, it's not like there, there are definitely some brands that I, I've done these uh, discussions with where I'm like, uh, I mean, you're going to struggle a little bit, um, which which I, I tell the brand that. Um, but here, I, you know, I, I see a pathway and I think you're on the cusp of doing some pretty cool things. So thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing your story with us, Evan. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. Uh, Thank for you. Evan, I'm Nick. This is another episode of Meet the Zor. Thank you.